Thank you for joining us for the second episode of the second season of the Magnificent Whiskers podcast. An opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with an old friend by the name of Ben. Lots of laughs to be had in this episode. We tried to have a discussion about our brushes with fame, but true to our nature, we had a tendency to veer off path quite often. I do have some bad news. If you're here for the Colby, this will not be the episode for you because we got the rare treat of sitting down with Amy for this particular interview and her relationship with Ben notwithstanding, it really was an absolute treat. I, I can't wait to hear your thoughts and opinions. I just know that you're gonna love this episode. So thank you again and please enjoy. Welcome to the second episode, the very second episode of the second season of the Magnificent Whiskers podcast. Once again, my name is Jeremy, and I have the uh, esteemed pleasure of being able to sit across the table from Amy today. Say hi, Amy. Hi, you finally nailed me down again. It, it took a little bit of effort, but I'm happy we were able to do it. <laughs> and uh, we're keeping with the theme for season two. We've uh, managed to nail down a guest for the next episode. So we are here with Ben. How are you today, bud? I'm great. I'm fantastic. So we... Um, as with every other episode where uh, when I first started talking with Colby, when Amy and I did our first episode and then in episode one with, uh, with our guests there, we do some get to know you questions. So these are, um, these make absolutely no sense and you're going to ask yourself, how does this help anybody know anything more about me? And I don't know, they just sounded like good questions at the time. So take a deep breath, prepare yourself, first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> The look wasn't translated by Yeah, someone. at some point, <laughs> I intend to film uh, film these episodes and post them on, like, Twitch and YouTube so that we can catch the candid moments like that. Oh, never mind. I'm out. <laughs> I quit. I quit. I will take the cat ears off right now. Oh, damn it. Okay. So, uh, first question, vampire or werewolf? Vampire. Vampire. Okay. Do you want to dive into it, or do you just want to answer on the surface level? Do you have a reason that you prefer vampires over werewolves, or...? The cleaner. I think there's something, something uh, uh, visceral, I mean, obviously, about the whole thing. But, yeah. like, a vampire knows they're a, were a vampire. Yeah. Like, a werewolf, it's like, you don't get to be evil, because you have to... In fact, you're trying to fight against this thing. Some people are trying not to become a werewolf. Right. Vampire knows what he's doing. Yeah, I prefer, absolutely. I prefer evil that I can... I can get my mind around and put a stick through. Uh, <laughs> werewolf, it's like, ah, oh, you can't kill that guy. He's Jeff most of the time. <laughs> I like my villains uh, with clearly drawn lines. I like it. Okay, that's fantastic. <laughs> unless, unless you're in the universe of my best friend is a vampire, and then he has no idea what's happening to him <laughs> until he's in the restaurant trying to eat the pizza and there's garlic on it, right? Oh, and, and I, I'm not Oh my that. gosh, it's such a... Uh, <laughs> what is his name? So did, did you ever watch House? Yeah. Okay, so the house's best friend? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's like the only other thing that actor's ever done in his career of notoriety. So Robert Sean Leonard? Uh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Okay, the one. sure. I'll fact Wasn't check. Wasn't he Wilson? Yeah. Yeah, yes. Wilson. Yep, Robert absolutely. Wilson. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so he played a character, and I. This stuck out to me when I watched it because his name was Jeremy. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a really funny, really fun movie, um, but it's he basically gets bitten by a woman uh, when they're. Uh, 
in coitus um, in the beginning of the movie, oh, and uh, and then slowly starts becoming a vampire, and it's just really hilarious, and it's like an eighties teen movie, and it's fantastic. Did so they not see Teen Wolf? Well, it's exactly that. Yep, it's almost exactly that. Only he doesn't become a basketball star. He's st- always been seen as almost like a nerd the entire time, and is still an outcast from it. Anyway, you just have to watch it. Uh, I saw so- Teen Wolf, but I wished it was worse. Uh, oh, hey, hey, we got a fucking movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I honestly loved Teen Wolf, but. That's just me. None of those plot points. Just, uh, <laughs> just the awkward teenage part. Pesky right. plot points. Yeah, no. <laughs> I made him watch Space Camp the other day. Well done. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that. Uh, I haven't seen that in 25 years. It's terrible. And I love it. That's, that's part of it, right? So I, uh, I actually lean toward the werewolf side of things. <coughs> and part of that is I absolutely adore B-rated vampire or werewolf movies. Uh, like if you've ever seen Dog Soldiers, it's hysterical. It's supposed to be scary. It's not. Um, one of the most famous Grey's Anatomy actors that's currently on the show was actually in that movie, and I didn't realize it. I never put that two and two together. There's a scene where one of the werewolves has eviscerated one of them, and he and they're in like an army structure, and so there's an actual line that's like, "Don't worry, Sarge, I've got you," and he's like shoving his guts back into his stomach, and it's just it's uh, hilarious. Uh, so Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. I like both of those franchises, but not nearly to the extent that everybody else likes those franchises. Okay. I, I've always just sort of like, nah, they're pretty good. And then I was like, what do you mean they're just pretty good? <laughs> uh, well, that's what I mean. <laughs> it doesn't go any deeper. Okay. Star Trek by a hair, but I'm not the guy to ask. Fair enough. Uh, do you prefer football or football? Football. Okay. Uh, musical or straight play? Mm, straight play. I actually expected that. Mm-hmm. 90s rap or current rap? 90s. Nice. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, all day. Uh, Do you like lobster or Skittles? Which <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. It's like, uh, those are not comfortable things. Fair enough. I actually, I've probably told this story on the show before. I actually cooked 90s rap. Swear to God, it makes my t- food taste better. A little getting jiggy with it, and that's just it. The burgers just sang. Um, oh, I just thought salt and pepper. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, what Hogwarts house do you belong to? I'm unequipped to answer that question. Oh my goodness! Make it. What do you think? Uh, probably. We'll answer it for you. Probably a little bit of Puff and a little bit of Gryffindor. I completely agree. That's exactly what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, he's the same as I am. Uh, okay. Uh, Marvel or DC? And if you want to dissect it and say one for movies or one for, that's perfectly fine. Again, I, I have the requisite knowledge to sort of answer that question. I'll say Marvel, but by a hair, and not something I know a ton about. Fair enough. Would you prefer a staycation or a vacation? Vacation. Okay. <laughs> like, is there even an answer? There comes the opinion. Yeah. <laughs> we have to talk about travel at some point. I did mention that before. Absolutely. Well, I know I've, I've been able to follow your guys's, some of your exploits on the internet through the Instagram <laughs> and Facebook. And, yeah. Well, you guys, like, you literally just, like, bunny hopped around Europe for how long was it? Like, two weeks at two, a time. Ridiculous. It was yeah. amazing. That's what a vacation is. A staycation is not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> staycation is a sick thing. Yeah, okay, fair enough. And uh, we actually just recently added this question. Do you have a favorite dinosaur? Hmm, I loved dinosaurs when I was a kid. Dinosaurs did not have bedtime, so they were very appealing to five-year-old me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They didn't listen to parents. They just went around and ate whatever they wanted, and they were obviously the best, uh, best thing. Favorite? Probably a stegosaurus. Okay. I had a stuffed one. Okay, I love it. There was, there was some evidence for a while there that uh, the stegosaurus had a, a cranium brain, 
and then also had one in their hip because the animal was so large that it needed two separate brains to be able to function. What? Yeah. So it couldn't walk with its hind legs. And, and I could be completely full of shit. So anybody who's listening to this that wants to f- fact check it, hit me up. Uh, but yeah, I had read somewhere that they had two brains, one of them in there. Nature is weird. Nature is weird. Were, I don't know if that's true of stegosaurs. I, I can vouch for that on a few dinosaurs. Yeah. They, they uh, theorized that they had a different brain. So it was just t- like, impractical to send a signal that far. Right. It's, it's really hard to make like a, you know, 200 foot ganglia or whatever it is that comes out of your brain. It was like, that's just too far to get to feet. So yeah. what if what's some other brain down there? Yeah, absolutely. What if your butt brain is smarter than your head brain? Well, <laughs> I guess you're not, I guess you're not sitting very often, are you? What if it's this idiot? I have to just drag him around. I absolutely have another brain that's, uh, <laughs> thinks it's smarter than my head brain. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the male condition. I absolutely love it. Uh, well, thank you for answering those questions, and I really appreciate I never, you. I don't think I answered the dinosaur one. You didn't. It's brand new. Answer it. Uh, I, which one's Littlefoot? Is he a brontosaurus? Is that what he technically would be? Uh, I think that is considered yeah. a brontosaurus. Littlefoot. Bra- brontosaurus, brachiosaurus. I mean, there, there's a... They're, they've broken them down a little bit more. Big fucking herbivore. Yeah, big, yeah. big and gentle. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, tree stars. Right. Tree stars. How many Land Before Time films are there now? I thought it was not like six, or <laughs> <laughs> six or seven, I thought, maybe. There's a lot of them. And, uh, we... I just liked the original recipe. Like, I just, I liked the first one. My sister loved them. And remember when they made We're Back? So I was that... just going to say something about oh, that. I got, I got into, <laughs> I completely terrible. disagree. I loved We're Back. And I just got Ugh. into a conversation with someone online on Twitter the other day where I was absolutely certain <laughs> that they had made a sequel. I thought they did. I thought they, I can't find it. Really? Right. Maybe they erased it from history. I don't know. Yeah. Like I was 100. It was that bad. I was 100% <laughs> certain that they had made a sequel to We're Back. It was like, We're Back again. Right? Yeah. And yeah. I can't, it doesn't exist. I can't find it online Maybe they anywhere. Previewed it and never made it. That's possible, but I adored We're Back. I thought it was oh, tons of. I watched it so many times as oh, a kid. Land Before Time is such a masterpiece well, in its in its way. In, in its way. I'm not taking anything away from the Land Before Time. But I I agree. <laughs> I I love Land Before Time. We're Back. Uh, My sister also watched it on loop. So oh like, god. I <laughs> get a little little PTSD about that one. Oh my goodness! There are fourteen. Topics? No, Land Before yeah. Time films. Fourteen of them. If, well, if I'm having the fourteenth one, do you know cover all the plot points the first thirteen didn't get to? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If I'm reading this correctly, I think there's up. I'm going to do some more research later when I'm not sitting in front of you guys. But yeah, looks like there's upwards of fourteen of them. We should have put a pin in '90s cartoons. Okay, we I can do that. Totally talk about '90s that's, cartoons. I feel like that's a topic that will just continue to come 90s, back. Well, I, yeah. I refuse to not not brush on Rainbow Bright and Care Bears. Absolutely. So I, mean, I actually have, there, so I don't know if you guys know him at all, but I have a friend, uh, by a friend is a loose term, I guess. Uh, there's a gentleman I know by the name of Mike Bennett, and he's presently doing a, a podcast with his significant other called mm-hmm. Killer Tofu. And yeah. they, oh. they are actually covering his favorite episodes of 90s cartoons oh. because his girlfriend <laughs> had never watched them. Oh, and so funny. what they'll do is they'll, he'll he'll talk about the first episode and then they'll uh, or the episode that he wants to show her and then they'll break they'll go watch it and then they'll come back and they'll talk about oh, it. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. What, what a fun afternoon that would be. I will occasionally uh, make Amy watch uh, Simpsons episodes from 
that I grew up with, so I can make references and, uh, and not she have them fall deaf ears. Well, and yeah. to be fair, like, I mean, it's not like I wasn't around during The Simpsons. I was not permitted to watch it. Really? My parents did not allow me to watch it because Bart was a, was a brat and a bad kid, and they didn't want that to influence me. I shit you not, that's how it worked. That's so funny. Neither was I. That was half the fun of watching it. Exactly, right? Well, now, I figured it out later on that if you pushed Channel 27 and 28, you got MTV and VH1, even though Mom and Dad removed them from the TV, like, figured oh, out how to skip the yeah. channels. It took me until, like... You know, teens to figure it out because I didn't really pay attention. I wasn't but, really allowed to watch Beavis and Butthead or Ren and Stimpy, but that didn't stop me. Oh, uh, Beavis uh, and Butthead, I wasn't allowed to watch either. Well, if you weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons, of course no. not. No, uh, Ren and Stimpy either. No, I, and you know, the only thing I ever really remember from that show was when Ren was, sh- or Stimpy was sharpening pencils in his belly button, and then Ren went inside the belly button. Yeah. It was just really, they did some weird shit in that show. It was, it, yeah. It could be so funny, but it could just be so, so disgusting. Yeah, 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 and I think yeah. that was part of the idea for them, too. I felt um, that way about Rocco's Modern Life, too. Dude, oh my god, Rocco's Modern Life had... Ooh. That was really meant for adults. Same thing with Spongebob, that was really meant with uh, to have... We did we did research on this in, in uh, graduate school. Um, SpongeBob SquarePants was written so that kids could watch it, but parents could be entertained. Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. It was it was absolutely written that way and because I, that's all kids would do is watch it on repeat. It might as well entertain the adults. Exactly. And I'm really glad that kid films have kind of made that same leap where they make them funny for the entire family to get their certain made the leap that's the way it's been since the beginning well i mean like not always no with disney films well disney had had oh my god (laughs) (laughs) old school disney was just was just some of the things that the genie pulled out of that book when he was looking up the recipe to make a prince (laughs) well that was robin williams well it's a little different but uh, i'm a big animaniac stan for the same reason yep i thought they always had uh, an adult joke or two in there did you have cartoon crushes? Absolutely. I had cartoon crushes. Did you have cartoon crushes? Oh, sure. I have cartoon crushes to this day. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't even, like, I, I, I don't even try <laughs> to understand it. Like, I get it. They're yeah. animated. They'll never, but I don't care. It doesn't make sense. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think I know a, a, a man my age that didn't um, fall for Lola Bunny. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, from Space Jam. Yeah, yeah. and now, and now with... Almost with, the Tiny Toons, I knew <laughs> And now with cosplay the way that it is. Yeah, oh, yeah. You see so many Lola cosplay, oh my god. Yeah, and yeah. then, uh... I'm a few years older than you, so it's Jessica Rabbit for us. Uh, well, Jessica, oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. She didn't go out of style, I'm just saying that was right in my, uh... Burgeoning, uh... Discovering my Absolutely. little body wheelhouse. I don't... I don't remember... I mean, I've absolutely had crushes, big crushes on cartoon characters, but I'm trying to think if there were any girl crushes that I had on girl cartoon characters. Mm. I wanted to be them. Mm. Yeah. I, I wanted to be Rainbow Bright more than anything in the world. So okay. I'm still working on it. But it, like, uh, what about, uh, what was her, she, no, was Shira? it She-Ra? Yeah. I have bed sheets in my closet right now that were she Okay. Yeah. And then, of absolutely. course, um... So one, the one crush that I had cr- uh, scratched so many different itches for so many different reasons uh, <laughs> in um, Atlantis. Um, oh, oh, What did he end up calling her? Oh, I just keep wanting to say Kilaga Shnaga, but that's obviously not. Then, was it oh, Kira it was or Kita or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, she was beautiful. And, I, now I had a crush on Milo. Well, of course, yeah. And he was nerdy yeah. and and had that weird 
teenage boy haircut uh-huh. that everyone did. The Sean Hunter? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the Devin Sawa. Oh, the Devin Sawa, from yeah, Casper. yeah. Casper. Oh, Absolutely. My oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I even had a little bit of crush on him when Casper turned into Devin Sawa. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, I practiced that kiss on on the <laughs> Oh my god. That's what I figured it was going to be like to kiss a ghost. It'd be like a pillow. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, think, we need to, uh, <laughs> I think we need to dub that haircut the JTT. I think that's... Oh, okay. that's true. It was the JTT. I can accept that. Yeah. I didn't like. I liked him, but I didn't like him as and much. And Zachary Ty Bryan tried to use it too, and like that oh, was yeah, just... Didn't work. But see, no. like once Hanson came on the scene, it was Their hair was super long. It that was, was it. Yeah. I was... I was Duh, that was it. They middle were, parts they were, are stupid. I'm in music now. <laughs> yep. No, they have, they all have middle parts They did. They? Yeah. They like oh, a, but they have the long hair. Well, and that's the right. thing is, it's like... And ponytails. And, and, and well, I think that's our topic today is famous people because <sighs> I got to meet them. So yeah. I, oh, see, did you really? See, I segued real well. I yeah. knew what we were doing. Uh, I was about to pivot, but I you did it for me. So. I was watching. I know what's going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> they had that, that long hair. And Isaac, who was, was still my favorite... He had the curly long hair and he kind of looked like a cocker spaniel. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I was going to marry him one day. I, I believe it. I, I actually remember my dad uh, used to say, now look, you because I was the same age as them when they got famous. Yeah. And he's like, look at them. They're your age. You can be doing this exact same thing. And I'm like, and, and so that actually helped build a little bit of a foundation for me from that age even to now. I see these people who are getting the notoriety, the money, the tours, the stuff like that. And I, whatever, you can pick this apart psychologically all that you want. I I look at them and I say, I could absolutely do what you're doing. Like, it's just a lack of opportunity for me at this point. But I, I tried to connect with um, Ben Savage when Girl Meets World first came out. Because he started talking a lot on Twitter. And we, oh my gosh, Topanga, right? And okay. uh, and then oh she did gosh. a Maxim spread. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Complicated feelings. Right? Uh, <laughs> Hillary Duff was on there too yeah, a couple of times. Was, she was a little she was a little younger for like but I I wanted to both be Topanga and and I wanted So I wanted Topanga. <laughs> was it more for you was it more Topanga or Winnie? No, I love Topanga. Her hair. Oh my god. Oh, her right. Hair. Even after she butchered it to try to prove that oh, she wasn't that was, vain. that was a crime. I mean, uh. she she could, she do her, she could do whatever she wants. Sure. But I wept. I did. Absolutely. <laughs> it was so sad. I think it was an important episode, right? <laughs> but also it like was. what are you doing to yourself? Yeah. Why? But yeah, I tried to reach out to him on Twitter at one point because we were heading into New York City to see uh, the Newsies when that first started up again with Jeremy Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um who is stupidly talented. Yeah. That boy can do it all. Like, the fact that his career hasn't taken off more than it already has is a little mind-numbing to me. He did... I don't know if you guys followed him or even know who I'm talking about, but after... uh, Ben's shaking his head no. After uh, the Newsies was out for, like, a year, he ended up landing... um, He did five years later. Or is it the last five years? Five years later? Five years... With Anna Kendrick... Oh, oh, um... Was it the last five years? The last five years. Yeah. I think it was. It's a musical, and it's spectacular, and they ended up doing a film adaptation of it, and it was him and Anna Kendrick, and it's like, it's a husband and wife, and it talks about, I think, their divorce, but it talks from, like, she's at that, where they split up, he's starting from when they got together, and they're both going toward one another to meet in the middle, Mm -hmm. um, which is a really interesting way to tell the story. It is. They just one one of my favorite audition songs came out of that moving too fast. Yeah, it, um, I've seen it once. I I feel like it's something if I would have been in the right headspace, I would have enjoyed more. But sure. I definitely was not. Oh yeah, let's let's watch that after a breakup. Sure. Yeah, 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 That's for sure. Smart. And then That's so so he yeah. got that, and then he's in Supergirl. 
And uh, he recently had a baby and, like, uh, all that fun stuff. But anyway, so we went to go see um, the Newsies, tried to connect with Ben Savage. I was just like, hey, where should I go get a bagel? Like, I was just trying to get him to talk to me, and it didn't work. Uh, (laughs) But I remember when I was in New York City, I remember I saw Will from Will and Grace. But I... Yeah, but he had his head down. He was not. Yeah. I wasn't. And I didn't... I, I've made a rule for myself that, like, especially because at some point in my life, I'd like to be semi-famous, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you don't do a podcast for any other reason, right? And <laughs> uh, start one. You don't start one for... No. I mean, some, I've thought about it just to get some shit off my chest. Fair enough. Uh, but I would like... that. That's why I'm doing it, right? Yeah. So uh, I just like the sound of my own voice. <laughs> that sounds about I mean, I do. Uh, most, I find that most people... for so many yeah, people. Honestly, I find that most people, especially people who sing and people who do podcasts, they hate the sound of their own voice. Yes. That is... I, I'm in that camp. I hate it. But, like, it feels... Good. I like, like to I like to listen weird, to me talk. It's this weird thing. Like I like the way it sounds in here because you sure. your voice and I pointed into my ear. Like your voice actually sounds different than it does than what someone actually perceives it as. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way it sounds in here, but mm-hmm. I don't like when, like hearing myself back from stuff. I hate it when I'm on the air. He will turn it up when I'm on the air, and I try and turn it back down. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, you and actually then, sound very different. That's I'm cool not at the moment. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Oh, you mean, like, when you're on, on the, the air, air. you have you may not do it on purpose. <laughs> and I'd heard this before from I can't remember who it was that was actually in quote the industry, yeah. right? But they had said that doing the oh now and live that fun is like that's considered yucking, yeah. And that's something that they that most personalities try to stay away from. Right. But you have what I typically refer to as a customer service voice. You yeah. have a radio voice mm-hmm. to the point where had you not said Amy Knight the first time that I had heard it, yeah, I really would not have realized it was you. <laughs> What's funny is if I'm in, you can you can sometimes tell it's me if I get to add a little personality to stuff. Sure. Like, if it's if it's just a liner card, it's just going to sound like a freaking liner. It's going to sound like a commercial. Like, mm-hmm. there's a different voice for that. You have a different syntax. You have a different cadence. Right. You have a different... All of well, it. Well, and I have a different... Depending on what station I'm on, I sound different. Ah, okay. You code switch like crazy. I do. I code switch. I ha- well, because it's a different feel. Okay. Like, KX, for years and years and years, was punchy, 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 and... and the valley is soft. Well, was soft rock. Yeah. So I'm gonna talk to someone my own age a lot differently than I'm gonna talk to somebody that's an aunt that's that's older. Absolutely. I mean, granted, I fit more in the valley demographic now than I do in the KX demographic. Or at least I feel that way. But like, I changed it. I absolutely changed it. I actually can. I can. I have a tendency. I don't know if you experience this at all, Ben, but because I know that you've worked in customer service once or twice. So uh, yeah. Um, but I actually sometimes can get myself in trouble with the way that I code switch mm-hmm. uh, because I don't realize what I'm doing. But there, there was more than one occasion where I'd have somebody that would come in from like Philadelphia or from New York and all of a sudden I might not be pronouncing the G's at the end of my words and like, and I do it so, and I just slide right into that city accent without even, and then after the conversation, I think, oh man, were they aware of me doing it? Like they knew, they had to know that yeah, I was doing know. it. <laughs> How really hard. We were in uh, Britain a few years ago and it's really hard and you, you can't, they know you're not, you know, yeah, British. they can tell. And you're not faking it. You're just trying to fit in psychologically. You're just, Absolutely. But then you're talking like this, and you're like, I sound like a moron. So I'm not doing it well. Just, <laughs> but it's my brain trying to tell me, hey, fit in, fit in, fit in. Hello. <laughs> like, no, that doesn't Hello, governor. See, now me, I, 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 I try not to. I feel I feel nervous about it. So I try and speak as, as like, 
perfect American, like the, the, radio, <laughs> the radio, not 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 like Texas American. Right. Like, I'm talking like without an accent, without any kind of weird colloquial kind of stuff. I, I try and you try to keep it textbook. Yeah, because there's language barriers, and I don't want to be an asshole. Right, exactly. Like I don't want to, I don't want to spit something out that's not going to make any sense to that. It, person. it would be like a British person coming here and be like, "Elvis cheeseburger blue jeans, bro." <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you sound ridiculous, y'all. Yep, yeah. <laughs> y'all, y'all. Now, now, if I'm home, uh, at that that then I would slip into the Pennsylvania Dutch. Oh, sure. Thing that just happens. So they call it yucking when you're. Yucking. Hey, oh, man, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's called yucking. Yep, I had no idea. Because it's like, well, it's in the back of the throat. You're like, Ugh. you you push I can further. See that. It, there's a there's a there's a feel to that. Oh wait wait wait, hey, I got one. Uh, uh, hey kids, stay out of those cleaning supplies. They're poisonous. That's me, Mister Yucking. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me if I'm proud of myself. Oh, that was Sometimes awesome. Sometimes when he tells really bad jokes, that's what happens. That's my favorite. Are you proud of yourself? My my <laughs> favorite are bad jokes. I uh, my favorite jokes are puns and bad jokes. So <laughs> like I don't even go for high class humor. I'm I'm somewhere in between. Like um uh, oh my god, I just had the comedian like uh, George Carlin, and and then down here you have um. Uh, who was I thinking of? Now I've lost it. It's all gone. I we give up. We were talking about famous people anyway. So we, can we were. Yeah, no, no. I was trying to make a comedian comparison in the in the type of humor that I enjoy. And then uh, I had like a, oh, now I remember where I was going. I'm somewhere between Larry the Cable Guy and George Carlin. Like how he just is awful and has one-liners and that's what makes everybody laugh. And then this guy is actually somewhat highbrow. Uh, anyway, so New York saw, what did you say his name was? Will? Oh, Eric McCormick. Eric McCormick. Very good. Um... And then I saw um, somebody else, and I can't remember. And then I was walking down the street, and this was 2009, 2010, something like that, maybe a little bit later. And I had just started watching Sons of Anarchy. And we're walking down the street in Times Square, and there's Theo Rossi, Mm -hmm. Kim Coates, Maggie Siff, Mm -hmm. and Charlie Hunnam. All standing in a group together. They're they're in like season three of the show, Uh. and I am. I just stopped dead, and I'm just (laughs) I'm completely starstruck. And so Carrie was like, "Who is that?" Now my friends uh, that I was with hadn't been watching the show. Carrie hadn't been watching it. I was the only one, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's the cast of Sons of Anarchy!" And she's like, "Well, go say hi." So I walked over and I stood there for a good five minutes with a dumb expression on my face, um, trying to be polite and let them finish their conversation, wait for a lull before I jumped in and said anything. Finally, Kim Coates realizes I'm standing there like a weirdo and he's like, can I help you, brother? And I was like, yeah, man, I just wanted to shake your guys' hands. And I started going around the corner, around the whole circle. And I was like, I think you are amazing. You do such a good job with this show. Like, just thank you so much. And they're like, oh, thank you. Thank you. That's really cool. Thank you. And I walked away and Carrie says, "Did, did you get a picture? Yeah. And I said no, and she said, they make millions of dollars. Get back there, get a picture! So I walked over. This time I didn't wait like a weirdo, and I was like, hey guys, so sorry to bother you again. Mind if I get a picture? And I can't remember who said it, but they were like, well, you need a camera. I was like, oh, no, 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 like she's got it. And I pointed it to Carrie. So I walked over, put my arm around Maggie Siff, got a picture. Aww. It's been my Facebook banner picture. I'm never changing it. I don't care. It's been that picture for forever. And then I posted it on Twitter a couple of years ago and tagged them all in it and said, you know, you guys are super cool. I'll never forget this day. Thank you so much. I got attention, but not from them. Right. 
tons of Sons of Anarchy fans were like, oh my god, where did this come from? I'm running a Charlie Hunnam fan page. Can you tell me where this was and when this was? And like, but that was just, that was super duper cool. And recently, Twitter is one of my favorite things in the world for so many reasons. <laughs> and, you can directly tweet to, to celebrities. And so many times, if you're not an asshole, they will respond to you. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not overly enthusiastic, which I can get sometimes, <laughs> admittedly, <laughs> and if you're not, like, tweeting hate at them, oftentimes they will respond to you. So the most recent one, I've been listening to Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard and Monica Padman a lot. They, uh, they've been doing a podcast for a couple of years now, and it's literally just famous people talking to famous people about famous people stuff. It's, it, I don't know why it's entertaining, but it is. Uh, but also, Dax Shepard gets like ridiculously vulnerable. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. He's sober. Yeah. And uh, he talks about it. I mean, it comes up once an episode. Yeah. It's just, uh, and that's what the 12-step program apparently does for a lot of people. It, it yeah. puts you in a place where it's time to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we decided that we were going to sit down and start watching Parenthood the other night, which mm-hmm. was like some of the best years of his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I at tweeted him that we were starting the show and he liked my tweet. So I guess you could say we're best friends now. Uh, <laughs> I would certainly say that. <laughs> I have, um, I have two or three famous people's stories and then I have that I've met a, a bunch. Okay. I, and I don't mean to like I'm not I'm not bragging about it. It's sure just, you are, that's okay. No, it's because it's because of the radio station. That's the only reason. Whatever. Um, but like Why do you I've think had, I wanted to be a radio DJ when well, I grew I've, up? Like, <laughs> but the ones that I've met are really strange. Some of them are really strange. So no one begrudges you this. No, not yeah, at all. I've met Rockapella. Okay. Um, cool. I'll start from like like the the weirder ones. Um, I met Celtic women. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Uh, oh, gosh, they're so pretty. I bet. Their voices are so pretty. <laughs> front I, row seats. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've got a thing for accents, especially, like, Scottish oh, and, like, oh. Yeah, oh, dude, we flew to Edinburgh last year. I kept leaving my seatbelt unbuckled so the Scottish flight attendant would have to tell me to buckle it. <laughs> he did it. He did it. And you know what? I wasn't mad. Dude, when we were like, oh, hey, could you buckle your seatbelt? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> when we were in, when we were in New York, uh, Carrie, we, went, we stopped in an Irish pub, mm-hmm. and uh, we were on our phones, and then the, the Irishman came up and started yelling at the men, well, you're here with these beautiful women, what are you doing? Oh, that was Scottish. Yeah. What are you doing on your phones? And uh, so she was like, hey, get back on your phone so he'll come back and talk to us again. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think of some other ones that I've met. Uh, the big ones, the big stories that I have are, the, are Jason Mraz <sighs> and Hanson. Those are the two. And now I met Meatloaf. I met Blue Man Group. I met um, One Republic, which I did not have a good interaction. Oh. Yeah, the lead singer just looked Dude. at me like I had a disease. Oh. I was like, oh, you're gross. Shut up. What a I did, I, The only reason I'm here is because I'm being paid to be here. I was mad. He's lucky he has a good voice. Stop listening. <laughs> I kidding. know who One Republic is. <laughs> uh, did you hear, by the way, that Meatloaf recently um, confirmed what... I would do anything for love. What the I won't do that was about. Come on, butt sex. Yep. Yeah. Wait, what? Is a strap on. Yep. I was being facetious. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Oh. That's what he would not do. You ruined my joke. Milo <laughs> <laughs> tricked me thirty-five years in the past. <laughs> I was making fun. And I was right. No, nope, that was exactly it. He yeah. he would not allow for that. Uh, interaction apparently. <laughs> can you give me that setup again so I can come up with something? <laughs> <laughs> Man. If, if, if it's important, I promise I'll do it. Um, 
we I met. Thought it was an <laughs> we met um, um, the clown. The clown. Uh, the, the, the clown. Are you down with the clown? Oh my god. The, was it the great Malenko? The, the sad clown. I can't think of his name now. Puddles. Puddles oh. pity party. We did meet Puddles. I, okay. We met Puddles. Um, am I to share a story? Do it. Okay. Why the hell else are okay. we here? So. Uh, which do you want first, Jason Mraz or Hanson? Oh God, uh, let's. I'm let's gonna do be honest. Hansen, let's do Hanson because I'm way more into the Jason Mraz thing, so okay. I need to sit with that one. Okay, so, so Hanson, I've been a big fan since '97. Like you've been a fan since. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, posters and Team Beat and all absolutely. Um, and I did get to see them in concert when I was a kid, but then in 2003 during their um, acoustic tour. I went to go see them again. And I Shut the front door. Them. They did an entire tour of their own songs, just acoustic? New stuff. No. Oh. It was, it, was, it, was, it was their newer album, but it was all acoustic versions of it that they did on tour. Okay. It was fantastic. They're, it, I, I will always say this. They're really good. Listen to their stuff. It's really decent. No, they are. They, I don't think anybody could deny like, that, like, outside of Umbach. It's Umba. so much more than Umbach. Yeah, so they are legitimate musicians. Yeah, we're still touring and still selling out shows. I tried to get to the orchestration versions. They're they're doing like an orchestration tour and everything was sold out. Sold out. Oh my god. Yeah. Good so don't, don't even tell me like yeah, they're yeah. still they're still a big deal in some circles. Um so I I went to see them in Baltimore with my boyfriend at the time and I we were at this this bar that it, the whole show was sold out. And I happened to hang back because people push. At Hanson concerts, it doesn't matter if they have been around for 20-some years now, <laughs> 25 years or whatever it is. Um, and these women will still fucking push at the front <laughs> of the concert. Like, can you just all back up? Everybody get, get out of the bubble. Like, they push and they scream. And it's like, guys, guys, they've been doing this for a long time. You know how Umbop goes. Can you shut up? Yeah, just like, like grab a uh, slingshot so you can so, throw your panties up there. So I got pissed off and I hung out in the back. Okay. And I just happened to see this this guy standing there hanging up the bar, and I just I happened to talk to him. And um, I said to him, I, I said, this is really great. I haven't seen a concert since 97. And he's like, uh, are you going to the next show in Philadelphia? I said, no, I don't have tickets. And he goes, you should come by. It's not far. And I'm like, oh, maybe if I do this, maybe I'll get to meet them. Okay. So I got excited. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be like a groupie for one, one, for for two shows. Right. So my boyfriend and I, who did not, we did not have tickets for this other show. We just traveled. We, we map quested. Oh my God. In a day. (laughs) We map quested from one to the other, drove out and I ran into the guy again. Now I had my station shirt on from the station that I work for at home. Oh, okay. And so I you were came, cheating. No, no, no. I came up, no. And I came up to him and I was just like, hey, how you doing? And and he looked frazzled. And I was just like, okay, well, how can I help you? And he goes, well, I need to round these contest winners up. I said, go do something else. I can round them up. So there I am running around the street of Philadelphia around this dive bar that they've sold show. Like, oh, my goodness. It, it's completely sold out. It's lined up around the street. And I'm running around with a t-shirt from the wrong radio station. <laughs> line, rounding up these fans that won the backstage passes. Oh my gosh. And I rounded them up and I had presented them to him and I said, here you go. And he goes, thanks. And he hands me a backstage pass. Uh, and I was like, what? Yes. So I go down in the basement where they have the, the meet and greet thing. And you've got to choose between a picture and a signature. Okay. Well, I had waited 
the, the show prior and gotten Isaac's and Taylor's signature, but I hadn't gotten Zach's. Okay. He wasn't feeling well or something. So when I went to, to this next show, I said, well, I guess I'll just get the signature because then I have the complete set. There you I don't go. need a picture. It's fine. I'm hot and sweaty and gross and it's fine. Yeah. And Plus, how much does Amy like having Amy's picture taken? More, more recently. Yeah. But <laughs> well, especially when you're in fairy dark, but that's <laughs> right. a whole different yeah, conversation. Well, you know, <laughs> so, but um, I said, well, I'll just get a signature and be on my merry way. Yeah. So I went down, and they're really tall. I mean, everybody's really, really? tall compared to me, but yeah, they're really tall. And <laughs> I, I said, well, Zach, I only need your signature because you didn't come up to the meet and greet last night at the buses. I waited for you, and I'm glad you're feeling better, but I need, I just need yours. And he goes, oh, no problem, I'm sorry. And, and he signed it. And then their dad, who was their manager, he said, well, why doesn't you get in for a picture, too? Oh, get out of here. So, of course, I f I'm freaking, my brain is oh, on fire, right? And, and Zach goes, well, yeah, but then I don't want to be in the picture. <laughs> and, he goes, and I went, oh, really? And he goes, now nah, I'm just kidding. He wraps his arms around me. And all three of us, or all four, four of us, take the picture. Oh my god, I love it them super so great. much more now. So I will, I'll give you the, I'll send you the picture. Oh please so do. Post it on. Twitter. I will absolutely yep. be doing that. Um, and then, do you want the Jason Mraz story too? Of course, I want the Jason Mraz okay, story. So the Jason Mraz Ben, ben is opening story. his mouth like he wants to say something. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, you know, I, I would never read like a celebrity gossip blog. I don't care <laughs> if you made a specific blog. Is that guy nice? I would absolutely check that out. I don't know why I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> well, it's like some people like because they, they get some some measure of uh, you know we obsess over the we we concern ourselves with their lives. I'm like I just want to know you know whatever. Yeah, is this guy a jerk? Dot com. You're like I met Steve Buscemi at Taxi. He took oh, me well. Yeah, he seemed yeah, very yeah. nice. Yeah, oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why that brings me some, some level previous, of uh, And we were in theater arts together. Well, well honestly, how often do people say never meet your heroes, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you build these people up in a certain way. Sure and you think okay. I called in and I used the remedy. For, yeah. And so, and of course, and right away they're like, how do you sing that fast? And I, was, I don't know, I could talk really fast too. And I didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, that's my history with that kind of nonsense, which again, <laughs> is another conversation. But So I have a special place in my heart for Jason Mraz, and I think that he is wildly underrated. I think he he's stupidly talented. Oh, I love him. Um, but to what you were saying, um, before, again, before you yeah. jump in, like I think it's a never meet your heroes complex. So for you, like I'm sure it warms your heart to know that maybe somebody's not an asshole. Yeah. Oh, it's not a, I think famous people must be jerks. I just I want to know. I want to know before I put my time and energy and before I, I consider you a genius and I, I, you know, I love you. It's like, hey, I love your talent, but I also, it's important to me that you're not like a twat. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I think that's where, where the big disappointment is with a lot of the uh, comedian stuff. Um, everybody's finding out that their heroes are not so great. Well, uh, the other thing and about that is good. comedy you have to be super fucked up in your head to yeah. be really good at comedy. You're, most of the greatest comics uh, that, we're, that we all recognize, and when I say greatest, we're talking Robin Williams level, we'll talk, we're talking Chris Farley, oh, we're talking, like these, these people, are, they suffer from horrible mental illness and this is a coping mechanism for them. Or they grew up and they're the middle child and their job was to diffuse the tension so they were always funny and they were able to carry that over. And so we're seeing like, and I mean, I know I'm kind of a dissecting this from a psychological level, but mm -hmm. some of the greatest comics that we are aware of 
are really fucked up. Mm -hmm. So when you, like, when they're on stage, they're on. Yeah. And they know that this is how they make their living. And so they're giving you a snapshot of a story so that you can laugh with them Mm -hmm. and or at them. And that helps them heal a little bit. Mm -hmm. But you get them off stage. And if they're not coke addicts and or alcoholics, um, like, now you're getting the real person and not the person who's on. And I think so. uh, And and I, I guess you're kind of referencing, like, who was there a specific comic or two that you were thinking when you had made that um, assessment? Yeah, well, I mean, just uh, there's there's um, Lucy K and um, what was, who apparently is an unbelievable piece of shit. Yeah, like, but that was that was a big, big, huge deal when when he came when when all that stuff. Came I, out when all that stuff came out, you know, there were probably, a lot of people in the comedy community here. He probably had the belt for favorite. Comic of the time at that time. You sure. Know? Yeah. I mean, most people have said, oh, "Okay, I, you know, I can't abide by this. Let's move it." But I mean, at the time, he might have been the biggest name in comedy when that stuff all happened. Right. You know, there was Bob and Tom be damned. It's Louis C.K. I, I, <laughs> I was joking. I was say Bob and Tom. I think hit their heyday in like 1993. That's probably yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a very fair point. I didn't know if you were also leaning toward like the Cosby nonsense and all that's that. That's too. That's yeah. too. When we find out that our heroes that we grew up with or that we that have have spoken to some kind of truth within ourselves, like, yeah. and we find out that they're not the same person that we thought they were. Yeah. There's there's a bit of a betrayal there. And, Absolutely. And, and then people can get really divided on it. Like, well, I still <laughs> like him. Well, he's a terrible person. Well, I still like him, and he's a terrible person, and it's back and forth. So back and forth. I'm actually really glad that you brought that up, and I don't want to delay your Mirage story much no, longer. No, no, it's, but, it's a fun story, but so this, we can end on a high Yeah, note. but this, this is a conversation that I, and this is something that I struggle with internally an awful, awful lot. Um, and like so for me where it comes to the arts it is do we really need like there's a lot of people who would say oh you know let's not ever air the Cosby show again because he is actually this monster Um, do we really should we I prefer to separate the art from the artist if I can now I also like to connect with people Mm -hmm. and I like to use their art to do it so if you aren't a you know baby touching piece of shit Uh, It'd be really great for me to say, hey, I connected with your art. Can Mm -hmm. we connect as people? But I also possess an uncanny ability to compartmentalize things. So like with Michael Jackson, for example, while he was acquitted, and that is a fight that I tip, that's a hill I used to want to die on. Mm -hmm. Recently, um, post, uh, post human posthumously posthumously since he died posthumously posthumously thank you since he died um it's come out that um a lot of the people decided to like they 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 made the claims against him and then backed off of them and it turns out that he actually did like he may have actually done a lot of what he was accused of doing but we're never going to take michael jackson music off the air no. Right? No. If we had found out that, um, and apparently uh, Van Gogh was, like, a pretty terrible person mm-hmm. and had done some pretty awful things, uh, are we really going to remove his art from museums? No. He never a tortured artist. Exactly. Yeah. And you never hear these conversations from the perspective of, uh, like, like, in science. Like, if we had found out that Pythagoras used to had a line of virgin 11 year old girls fed to him every single night we wouldn't then go oh hey that guy was a monster 
we can't use the Pythagorean theorem. Mm-hmm. But right away, like I just, I, I think it's an interesting commentary on our society that right. we're willing to, that, that the sciences are far more, but, and they are, they're super important. I'm not taking anything away from right. that. But we value them at such a higher degree than we do art mm-hmm. that we're not willing to allow the art to stand when the artist, it turns out to be a terrible human being. But I mean, you know, with science, I mean, you can't, you can't unknow something. You know, if Van Gogh's artwork never existed, that's a tragedy. But, like, art still works. You need the Pythagorean theorem. I mean, we could call it something else. If he turned out he was a total jerk, we can call it the Greek triangle theorem or whatever. But we still kind of need that. The world doesn't work without it. It's not like art where, I mean, it would be a shame not to have Van Gogh's works, but, like, you could still have Picasso. You, you can't move forward with geometry without Pythagoras. That, that's a... That's a Domino. Sure. And I and while I completely agree with that, I think your standpoint on that is very in line with the way that a lot of people assess the arts. Mm-hmm. And I think that if one of us, and, and I don't think any of us are qualified to speak on this to the level that I would prefer for this to actually be a, a debate per yeah. se, but I think that uh, I'm going to try to devil's advocate this as best as I can. I think that there are people that would say, no, you're, you're flat out wrong, that without, without uh, Van Gogh, no, specific, like, so we're using him as the example, without Van Gogh, then there are full facets of art that never exist. And that's more than a tragedy. Like, yes, our understanding of the universe is far more expanded using scientific theorem that has been proven. Mm-hmm. Our understanding of ourselves and our universe is also furthered by many of these artists' work. Art and music. yeah, music. I mean, that's oh yeah. So so like, I, I get it on a fundamental level that that conversation is we cannot possibly move forward. Where technically speaking, we would find a way to move forward with art, but then we do also are now lacking for many uh, potential life experience changing pieces and uh, installments and and expressions without them. So we continue to express artistically without Van Gogh, oh, but it does change the landscape. That's fair. If you took Michael Jackson, all of his work out of the canon, think about how many artists never would have been inspired. Never exactly. Would have been inspired. You can oh, make yeah. the argument. I mean, but like, it's, it's definitely more of an abstract thing than I think the concrete nature of we can do this because we discovered this. We discovered wheels, now we can do car stuff. Agreed. If you take the wheels part out, that's, that's a problem. Whereas, you know, you could... I think you can make an abstract claim that brilliant artists, good or bad, you know, certainly influence who comes after them and, and maybe make certain things possible that their stroke of genius, their specific stroke of genius, wouldn't have allowed otherwise. But I think it's harder to make a, oh, definitely. There's no way, I'm trying to think of a big artist right now, Taylor Swift could have been who she is if Michael Jackson didn't exist. That's a tougher, uh, I guess, gap to bridge for me, but not... Impossible, but you hit the nail on the head. It's tougher, and and this feeds into the crisis. And I'm willing to use that terminology for a reason that we're facing as um, from an existential level and from a practical level as a society today is we are ra- and I've talked about this a ton before. I don't know if that I've said anything on the show about it, but we are rapidly approaching an area where we are going to have to dramatically redefine what it means to be um, a productive member of society. Yeah. Uh, as automation continues to uh, yeah. uh, improve, and, and let's be real, I am excited yeah. for self-checkout centers because yeah. the point of automation is to remove toil from people, yeah. right? So like, 
18-wheel CDL truck drivers, fastest growing industry in America right now, and it's going to grow itself right into obsolescence. I think I might have just made that word up. Um, no, Obsolescent is a word. Okay, I, maybe I just said tomato, tomato then. Uh, <laughs> that's how I pronounce it. But it's, it's, it's going to get itself like uh, the example that I always use, and Ben, I think you and I actually talked about this privately before. If I hire Ben for $80,000 a year. You should, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to drive my, to haul my freight. Um, and I also have to give him paid time off and I also have to give him health insurance and I also have to give him a match 401k. Otherwise I'm a shitty employer. And then he can only drive, you know, eight hours and then he has to have eight hours of rest. And that's still going to cost me 80 grand plus, mm-hmm. or I can spend 180,000 on a computerized machine that the bugs have been worked out of relatively speaking. And it's going to cost me maybe 10 grand a year in addition to what I've spent up front to maintenance this thing, but it can run 24 seven. And I don't have to give it paid time off and I don't have to give it health insurance or any of those costs. And it doesn't get tired. And it doesn't get tired. And there aren't those laws governing it. It pays for itself inside of a decade. Well, and, and with that argument, you're talking about art and science yes. and, and all of those things. There is a uh, installation, an experiment, art installation type thing. And I, I don't remember where it is or who, did, who started it. It's talking about the universal base wage. Um, yeah. as automation increases or what was it called again? UBI. UBI. Or, okay. Uh, okay. Universal base income then. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. Um, giving someone, it, 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 it's experimenting by giving someone roughly, I think it's $35,000 a year to walk in, push a button and leave. And then he has to come back at the end of the day and push the, the button again, but he gets $35,000 to do that. So and his the, total time commitment is like a half an hour exactly. a day. But what they want to see is how his life improves. What he does during the day. Is he is he going to sit on the couch all day or is he going to go and go to the gym? Or is he going to create art? Is he going to master a skill that he's never been able to do so that he's not having to labor at some machine all day? Right. All he does is push the button. And it's this art installation that is literally talking about that combination. It's it's they're using art as an experiment to, to figure out is this something that could be a viable option for our future. Well, and it's going to happen because you're. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. you're talking about art versus science. That is literally a combination. A of combination of yeah. the two, and it, that art installation is teaching us about science. Yeah. It's teaching us about what what our future looks like. I was unaware of that, but I can't wait uh, to take research it. Up, it. Take, look yeah. it up. I don't remember any of the other information about it except for it's like it's the that universal base income, and there are ads on YouTube sure. and stuff like that talking about what's happening with it and stuff. And whatever I find, I guarantee I'll post in the show yeah. notes so that our listeners it's can check neat. that out too. It's interesting. And, and so I mentioned earlier that I'm listening to a lot of armchair expert, and one of the things that Dax has a tendency to talk about is similar to this, and it's that you know within probably my children's lifetimes we're going to start to see that much more vast unemployment levels. Yeah. Um, and so when we hit, you know, 60 to 70% unemployment, and then there is a uh, stipend that comes out and the government take, takes care of the people, that's going to be a nice time, right? Yeah. We're all going to be much more freed up to do other things, whether it be art or yeah. uh, whatever. whatever. Um, the problem is that in between when we hit 15, 20, 30% unemployment, that's civil war, war territory. Yeah. That's a scary period of time. And, and we don't have enough of the quote, right people exploring how we right. circumvent that issue. I plan to move out of the United States before that. There was a 0% chance we're going to do this the best the first time. Uh, America Agreed. has such a deep-seated 
just just prejudice against the poor and prejudice against what they perceive to be lazy. Spain will have this figured out. Like, wait, we could all get siesta just all the time? <laughs> Sign me up for that. They'll have it figured out in a, a year. Well, America will have a civil war. Denmark, like, Denmark will have it figured well, yeah, out. Well, that's what I'm saying. That, that, that stupid ex- and mean. Yeah, that experiment is somewhere in the Netherlands. It's somewhere mm-hmm. up there where they figured shit out. Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> like, Definitely not here. Somewhere where they figured it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I hate, I hate that. Well, and here, but I am going to make one final point to this that I think that while I agree with you for the most part, if things continue the way they're presently going, Ben, I think that you're 100% correct. I think if we allow hindsight to be 2020 and a certain Mr. Sanders takes office coming up here, I think we're going to be in a much better place than what we would have been if, um, you know, if it continues along the road. The- yeah. I used to have faith in my country and I don't. We stink at everything and we're lazy and mean and dumb. Watch the newsroom. And I, that was, and that was so dumb. depressed. I, I'm, yeah. I can't believe I'm, I'm not anti-USA, of course, but I'm, I mean, I can't believe how little faith I suddenly have in us. To do just anything, just anything that isn't the worst idea. Can I can I challenge you with something? So I, I agree. I can totally see where you come from with that, but I also want to challenge you with this. I find that um, the human the human mind is pre-programmed to answer the questions that you ask it. Where am I going to find food? Am I going to be able to make it to the toilet before I shit myself? That kind of thing. But if you're asking yourself, you know how bad can this get? Where did this come from? Why are we here? Versus like your brain's going to come up with those answers. Why are we the worst at everything? Why is everybody so mean? If you ask yourself, how do we make this better? What's the answer to not ending up in civil war territory? If we start looking at it from, you find what you're looking for. It's the point that I'm getting at, right? So like you may not have realized it, but something may have, and this is conjecture, something may have triggered the mindset that everything sucks in America and now that's what you're seeing because that's what you're thinking but I would challenge you to look for the places like uh, certain like Seattle places in California places in Iowa Colorado that just um, that just legalize uh, shrooms uh, like look for those places where we are affecting positive change might help restore your faith a little well I mean Colorado just um didn't they just determine they were going to give contraceptives free to all, or it was contraceptives and and stuff like that? Something good. It was something like, good. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, they were just like, oh, this makes sense. Let's go ahead and do that. Yeah, so there are pockets. Oh, and, certainly. And, uh, I would never conjecture that there aren't. Yeah, and I think that somebody, I can't remember who it was, but somebody had made this statement, and it might have, nope, I, I don't remember, maybe been Sam Harris? I don't know. Uh, made the statement that um, our current presidency, with the way that, with the change that uh, President Obama was able to affect in our country and the entire culture that was created around that administration, the frustration of the majority white, right? The people, right. the people who got Trump elected. He said that this was a a boil that needed to be lanced. This was something that needed to come out because yeah. this was a level of frustration that people were experiencing. Mm-hmm. Now we've the the pr- the pudding is there with the proof in it. We've seen the shenaniganery that happens when you it, it, uh, you know you elect um, a high school football coach to do your brain surgery. Uh, you know just because he's not a surgeon, he'll do a great job. No, we see what happens when you have a non politician in politics. And so I think that um, people are are a lot of people who had like voted Obama than Trump. They said, well, I did it because he was going to shake things up, right? He wasn't going to play the game. He wasn't. 
I, obviously they're wrong and they yeah. see that and now they're willing to go the direction that they should have to begin with, argue, arguably speaking. Arguably. Um, yeah. Are they? Uh, I, I, a lot of folks who have been interviewed, and I listen to a lot of like NPR interviews and things like that, uh, a lot of folks who have been interviewed who went Obama, Obama, Trump are, in that. are now looking blue again. So I think um, that's by their own admission. Now, depending on what candidate, whether it's Beto or whether it's Sanders or whomever actually comes out, yeah. because the field is thick. There are lots of folks out there right now. Um, I don't think Hillary's going to end up running again. I, I certainly hope oh, not. Oh, God, no. Um, oh, my God. If she, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and had they not shot themselves in the foot, we could go on about this for forever, but had the DNC not shot themselves in the foot and, like, stolen the nomination from Sanders, then I feel like that we would have, because he was beating Trump in every single poll. Yeah. I, he I just feel was. Like, uh, I feel like Debbie Wasserman Schultz does not get enough of the blame for what happened. I feel like she's the one who railroaded the whole DNC. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's like, dude, you ruined America. Nice Absolutely. Job, Absolutely. But there again, though, even if San like while Sanders was winning in every poll, I feel like those folks who are the frustrated, loud, uh, present majority that we hear from the Trump supporter. Right. I, I think that this this was a lesson that they had to be taught. They had to actually get the guy that they thought was going to be their guy in there, see that he was going to fuck up. And now they're maybe a little bit more open to I Not mean, all of them, yeah, but... Yeah, I was just going to say, they don't seem to have learned their lesson yet. I think that I think that there are some that were more moderate, like I said, that were yeah. Democrat, that went Republican in that election, that are willing to back that up. But I'm just going to break our necks and completely pivot away from this, because I don't know how we ended up I'm, on politics. I'm wincing in pain. Yeah. I, I legitimately... I, Colby and I actually talk about this pretty often. We can, like, we can I, I try it, so hard not to go down this route. Um, but then here we end up. Yeah, uh, but, so, but then what is, uh, so you got a Jason Mraz story. I want to hear it. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to pivot this back up and finish with this. I would assume, cause we're probably in an hour now. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. I'll break it up into multiple. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, I had gotten tickets to see Jason Mraz because I worked for the radio station and it just so happened that my sister was also going to Susquehanna at the same time. Okay. Um, so I thought, okay, I'll get us a pair of tickets and we'll go. It'll be a fun sister bonding day and it'll be great. And the concert was fantastic. We sat in the back while everybody else pushed like assholes <laughs> Again, I'm sensing a theme. Recurring theme. I hate that. Stop pushing. Stop being an asshole. Um, so Jesse and I sat in the back and we propped our feet up and we listened and we watched the concert. It was great. And then we got the bas backstage passes. Well, okay. I wrangled my winners that I needed to and we were all waiting backstage. And Jason Mraz comes out and I swear to you, it's like this cloud of weed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, something smells like skunk and I don't know why. And like, it just this is cloud and oh he comes God. out. And he's the sweetest guy imaginable. Well, and when I you're thought, that high. Well, yeah. And I mean, like, I, I, I said, I'll start first just to kind of break the ice, right? And it was the tour that he had done with a lot of his own personal artwork, like his little scribbles okay. of, of him with the hat and everything. Mm -hmm. So his merch had some of his own drawings on it. And I gave him a sticker to sign okay. of mine. And he looked at me, and again, <laughs> did not stress he must have been <laughs> because he looked at me and he goes where did you get this <laughs> and I went from your merch table and he goes what's your name I said Amy and he goes Amy 
I'm going to draw you a picture. <laughs> so there I am. There's a line of 10 people behind me. Oh my God. Waiting. 20 minutes <laughs> later, he is still drawing on my sticker. Oh with God. his Sharpie. Oh my God. And I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know what's happening. What am I supposed to do? He's chasing fucking morass. What yeah, am I going to do? Right? I'm, like, I'm not going to say, oh, can you hurry it up? I right. have other people waiting. Right. So he's drawing and he's doing his thing and he hands it over to me and we take the picture and it had Jason Mraz on it already and he put apostrophe S and like the heart apostrophe S mm -hmm. and Amy in bubble letters. Oh. Jason Mraz loves Amy in bubble letters and that took him 20 minutes. <laughs> Too, oh my god, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard it's in my life. It's the cutest thing in the world, and it's just like, oh my god. So that was my first experience with someone that was really hot. Oh <laughs> man, that, that is hysterical. And I can't even imagine, like, the number of times. To be a musician... Oh, and what a cutie patootie. Oh, right? Oh. You, you, have to, you have to be willing to abuse some level of substances to be... <laughs> To, to go into that life, like, it's just hard. And I've definitely heard stories from people who, who don't. You know, they don't drink. They're not, they're not doing any of it. And, like, good for them. But uh, I don't know why they think they need to be a fucking saint. Um, but uh, from, from all of the other stories. And I, I don't know a lot of people who have done touring or anything like that. But I've spoken to a few of them. And it just it certainly helps take the edge off. Right? And, well, I mean, you don't have a home. Right, for exactly. For months and months and months. And, and I know that we are nomads that are most basic, but at the same time, we need some place to crash. Yeah, but, well, to, to a certain extent, some of I think that has a lot to do with your genetics and where you come from because, I mean, there, there had to have been some level of value to us settling in a specific spot and staying there, yeah, right? Like, some of us have what you might refer to as the, the Roma soul, if that's a little bit more politically correct nah, than the other phrasing. Not anymore. Um, no. <laughs> no. Well, what is, so what is the correct terminology? You just, you just like to roam. Like, you just like to... to you're just a The wanderlust. Like, yeah, the wanderlust. Like, and, and I love I love to travel and, and all that kind of stuff, but I do like having my home. A place that you can come back to. With my things. Yeah. And my bed. Because have you tried sleeping in an RV for a long period of time? It mm -mm. sucks. So I've heard. Sucks. Unless you're willing to spend an outrageous amount of money on the mattress and even yeah. that. Yeah, well, and I would assume that if you're touring as an artist, you've got the, the they have the tricked out RVs. Yeah, well, like if that, you're but. signed. Yeah, if you're so I knew. Otherwise, you get an old bus that's like. Yeah, or, or not even. You just get like a big ass van, <laughs> van. that your equipment is also in, or or you're pulling a U-Haul trailer. Yeah. Uh, and like, so I definitely have heard some stories from some folks. I worked with a guy uh, and became friends with him too. Um, uh, absolutely adored his band. They used to be called A Farewell Rescue. Then they were Farewell Farewell Rescue, and then they became The Teeth. And they're no longer... <laughs> well, yeah, no, just... I'll explain that transition. I know that sounds a little ridiculous. But uh, they, they're no longer together. They're no longer making music. Uh, but I met them 2009-ish. And uh, he had been out on tour. I started my job at a local... Um, well, I don't give a shit if I'll name drop. I, this is small enough. They're never going to catch on. Uh, so it was FYE. Mm -hmm. um, also known as like strawberries and other places. And like yeah, mm -hmm. it used to be the wall, like that, oh, that yeah, whole place. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I started working there. And when I went in, um, you know, I was doing pretty well at selling. Um, and he used to be the sales top dog. So he comes in and he comes in off tour and he has a job waiting for him pretty regularly uh, because he was pretty good friends with the store manager. So 
he came in. I'm blowing the numbers out of the water. Uh, they introduced, introduced me to his band. And at one point, I'll never forget this. He said, oh, did you get your copy of the CD yet? And uh, I said, well, I was going to. But then I, I found out the bassist is an asshole. So I decided I'm not going to do that. Uh, he's obviously the bassist. So he thought that was pretty funny. But... As we, as our friendship grew and I started following the band, he would tell me stories about being out on the road and stuff and how that works for bands that have a very small label or are barely signed or aren't signed at all. And it's just a, like five dudes sleeping in a van. Mm -hmm. Like that's all it is. And you decide whether or not you want to run the gas and the air conditioning overnight, because if you don't, you're going to wake up and you're going to be all clogged up and nasty. And like yeah. for the singer, that's a problem. Oh, yeah. And nobody wants to feel that way. And just like the, it's, it's not glamorous. No. And you're, you're not making money. No. You're making enough money to play the music. You have to really love what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Again, or be signed. Or be right. the Jonas Brothers. Or be Taylor Swift. And think like, of it this way. Like, no, that, that uh, universal base income comes into play. We'll all be able to afford our regular bills and just be able to focus on making other stuff. Uh, I don't know. $35,000 a year doesn't get me anywhere even close to my bill. No, <laughs> no, but it would certainly help. Right? Oh, it would certainly help. Yeah. It would give me an opportunity to do things <coughs> Like this with more frequency. Right. That would allow me to maybe grow this to the level that I would need to to be able, you know, maybe make a Patreon or, or encourage some people to fucking support what I want to do. I'd make a lot of different art. I get bored easily. So I'd like make something like this for a while, make something like that for a while, mm. and just like bounce back and forth. And to be fair, most uh, UBI plans aren't anywhere near $35,000 a year. It's something like $800 a month. It's an amount, it's more than Social Security, but not that much more. Mm -hmm. It's an amount that you could get by on, but you probably want to find something yeah. to make yourself some money. But like your, your basic needs, for a, or at least some basic needs could be assisted with, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's basically like the same as having like a minimum wage Full-ish time job. Yeah, well, that's days. that's what uh, that's what Denmark does right now. Last time I read, it was like two thousand to twenty-two hundred dollars a month. If you don't make at least that much, the government will mm -hmm. hand you a check right. each month to supplement. Um, but they don't do it if you do. So right. if you make $2,500 a month, mm -hmm. then you don't get the $2,000 check, which makes sense. Like, I get it. That, that makes a lot of sense. But that's also a lot more than what the UBI would be. Mm -hmm. they, they have sussed out what it takes to have a half-decent quality of life mm -hmm. and then make sure that you're able to, to get that. And then the only other place that I know of that actually does that in America is, like, Alaska. Hmm. If you live in Alaska, if you're a citizen for, like, at least a year, like, they will hand you money. At the end of the year, just for living here. Like, hey, we know this sucks. Here's like $600. <laughs> we know this sucks. Here's like $600. Thanks for living in our state and working here. Um, which is <laughs> just hilarious. Kind of funny. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, but yeah, I know. Before we started uh, re recording, I understand that you'd said that you didn't really have too many brushes with like what we might call fame. But I was hoping to encourage you to talk about some of the people that you have talked with that have some national notoriety just in the local area where we are here. Um, I, I will, I will confess like going to some of the comedy shows that I've gone to in the local area. Like I, I'm fucking starstruck by some of these people and then they're more than willing to talk with me or with anybody else, but I'm absolutely like, and, and they're just like your friends. I mean, there's a nice local, uh, a comedy scene, uh, a pal of ours, uh, Billy Kelly, uh, does, does comedy with us every week. We, he lives a block from here. Uh, he was Grammy nominated for his children's album, so I guess that makes him, you know, some level of, uh, of nationally famous. He would certainly argue with the, uh, <laughs> the idea. He offer it offers him some legitimacy in the area, yeah. Oh, oh, sure, but uh, I, I mean, he's just a good.
guy. He didn't win. He was just nominated. No, like. no, <laughs> I think he would utterly bristle at the idea that he is uh, that he is famous. He's from from New York City. <laughs> he would laugh at that concept. You know? <laughs> he's he's been a, a successful at, at comedy and music, but not to any kind of. You know, it's not nationally famous. There's sure. No, some kid in Oklahoma isn't going to be like, oh, that Billy Kelly? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I know that you, um, we, we share kind of a mutual friendship with a gentleman, uh, Bill Russum, and he has one ongoing podcast, had one that he had done before and is hoping to tour coming up here pretty soon uh, with his comedy act, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't hear that. Good for him. Uh, we, we, I go to his place of business occasionally when I have the time, and I'll stand there and I'll talk to him for a good 45 minutes to an hour. And I don't know if you've noticed this about me, but I love to like pick people's brains, oh, sure. especially about the things that they do, because if I'm not doing it, I want to learn about it. You know, What makes you tick? Why are you doing the comedy? And what are your plans and goals with it? So I also have a really nasty habit, um, and, and I have no intention of ever changing this about myself. So this is just something that hopefully the people who love me will get used to. But if I hear that you have like aspirations or dreams or something that you want to do, I'll start to attack you. Um, <laughs> if you, and, and now let me be super clear what I mean by that. So like if you told me that you wanted to become a professional comedian and sure. you wanted to tour and that's what you wanted to do, I'd say, okay, so what, why aren't you doing that? And then you'll give me your first bullshit excuse and I'll find a way to knock it, stick in the dirt. And then, uh, and then I'll put you on the defense immediately, right? And so then it's like, well, yeah, but I also have, okay, yeah, that's a bullshit excuse too. And then I'll just start like throwing them out until we're left with, you're just not doing it. Um, so in a lot of ways, uh, comedy can be like music uh, insofar as it's easy to do it on a local level. Yeah. You know, it's easy to get, you can play open mics, you can, yeah, if you're good at that, you can get some gigs. Yeah. You can play and you can do stuff. If you want to make it the thing, it's that very unglamorous, you know, yep. a one-nighter at Fuddruckers in Dover, Delaware, and, you know, pays 50 bucks, so that sort of covers the gas, and you're definitely sleeping in the car. Absolutely. You know, you string it together, okay, as long as I'm in Delaware, I can do, uh, you know... Two nights at Yuck Yucks in Patterson, New Jersey, and head up there. Is that a real place? <laughs> we don't know. Patterson, New Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's a very, if you want to take that, that next step, you better be, A, pretty confident in the idea that you've got something to, to offer. Yeah. And you also better be pretty willing to put some very unglamorous work in. Sure. You know, uh, that's something that I do locally, and I kind of looked into the steps of taking this further, and I thought, nope. Not for I'm, you. I'm not... Listen, I'm local open mic funny. I'm not... How is that guy not in New York funny? Okay. And I think you need to understand that about yourself. I think you need to know I'm Pennsylvania funny. According There's to who? Me. <laughs> Listen, I've done... Who the fuck are you? I've done a couple hundred at this point. I've seen what really, really good looks like, and I'm pretty good, and unless I wanted to make it just, this is what I do now, like our, our pal Isaac with acting, and just, or, just or oh my god, that guy blows my mind. Just, I quit my job, and I'm a comic now. Yeah. Unless well, you want Zach to do that. Hammond did that. Yeah. Zach Hammond's a local, locally. Here, here's guy. the thing, let me tell you something about you and that you don't know. Happen. Okay. Um, now, for those of you who are listening and are not aware, I've actually known Ben for a couple of years now, and I also, we have a lot of mutual friends in common, and um, the conversations that I have with them, they wouldn't want to slap you in the teeth for what you just said. 
They're, they're, from the perspective of the people who listen to you and consume the content that you create, you couldn't be more full of shit. No, well, I appreciate that. And, but you have to believe it in yourself before you're willing to take that step. Well, it's not, even, it's not even just the belief. I mean, not only do you have to take that step and have that belief, you also have to get kind of lucky, and you also just have to put your career on hold and do that for a few years. Absolutely. And, and I'm in my 30s now. I think if I discovered comedy when I was 23, I'm actually kind of glad I didn't. <laughs> There's a non-zero chance I'd have just like, okay, like I lived in Baltimore at the time, Baltimore comedy scene, and just dove into it. And that would have either been, you know, maybe the start of something, or a wild waste of three or four years of my life. Were some of the best stories and experiences that you never would have gotten another way. Oh, no doubt. Uh, as a, you know, as an adult now, it's like, okay, I'm going back for like my teaching license. I'm going, I, uh, you know, sure. I'm not positive I have three years. To find out if I'm New York good. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, well, I'm not going to answer that the way you want me to. I, I understand what you're saying. I do. We do. Well, we also have, and see, this is the part of me that I was just describing that's about to come out. Uh, we also have a lot of other avenues that you would be, that, that are at your fingertips that you would be able to use other than just the local um, open mic scene that strangely not enough of you, in my opinion, are, are exercising, um, which is the internet. That's right, so, so you have a place now, you have a platform with such a ridiculously low barrier to entry at no cost to you that you would be able to utilize and potentially garner some level of following. Um, the best example that I can give you, so kind of doing that six degrees to Kevin Bacon thing, so we both know Bill. Sure. Bill did Popular Outcast. Right. He did it with Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett used to be super duper popular on Vine when Vine existed to the point where he did like Tosh.0 or something like that. Oh, yeah. At one point, yeah, he had an episode of that that he was on. Um, he decided to post some silly videos to TikTok. And he is, at this point, the last time I checked, he has over, uh, over 200,000 followers and several million likes on his, several million likes on his silly little videos that he's making and he deserves it. And it's about that like, but he just put it up there because he thought it'd be fun to share his art and people absolutely adore it. And if you asked him, he would never tell you, oh yeah, like I'm a badass illustrator. Like I'm really good at this. Like most artists, he's going to sell himself short. And so like to me, and this is just for me personally. I don't in any way, shape, or form expect the words that I'm about to say to change your mind. I think that you're beyond good enough to be able to do that. I think that if you had any interest in finding out, you have nothing but the opportunity using Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, like all of the above YouTube. That's actually a totally fair point. Because I mean, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. You're asking me like, why don't you do this? Well, here's the reason. It's, it's, you're right. I could go do those things. I could take that chance on myself. But right now, yeah, I mean, yeah, what I think of moving up in comedy, I think of a huge barrier to entry. I think of sleeping in a van yep. in a parking lot. You make a very fair point. If I was just like, I'm hilarious, I should be on the internet, I could film videos, I could totally do that. The, the low barrier to entry isn't something that I thought of. Uh, and I know that's that's more your generation than mine. And it's this weird thing because I'm not that much older than yeah, you. Yeah, I love how you keep talking about how much older than me you are and it's like a year. That's the, <laughs> that's the fascinating thing with like yeah. the way technology advanced. You know, I know I had more in common with my parents than they did with theirs. Okay. But like, I look at, I'm a high school teacher and I look at people 15, 16 years younger than me and we share nothing. Yeah. We don't know any of the same music. We, I, I might as well be 80 to them. Sure. That's just how fast technology has, has come in and changed everything about the way we do stuff. Yeah. 
I guess but the thing that I want you to take away from this particular part of the conversation is that um, I love you. And, oh. I, and I believe in you. <laughs> and I think that if you wanted to, and that's, that's the big thing. If you wanted to, I think that you could be as big as you fucking wanted to. Well, it's a curious, and, uh, maybe I'll do some internet stuff this, uh, I have the summer off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm so excited. So, uh, I, and I'll tell you just from what I've seen and a little bit of what I'm hoping happens for me is that it just takes one. And I, yeah. being in sales, I follow a lot of people like Grant Cardone. I follow a lot of people like uh, John Maxwell and Gary Vaynerchuk and these guys, especially Gary V. Gary, I will preach that guy's message till the ends of the earth. But at the end of the day, as long as you're focusing, and this was some advice that Bill Russell gave me, just make cool shit. As long as you're focusing on bringing value and making good content, yeah. all it takes is one to explode and your entire life changes. There's I feel so the same many, way about butt plugs. I, I just That's very like, true. <laughs> I feel like there's so many things that I want to create, but like I feel like I don't have the content to. I don't be. I'm not an expert in anything. You don't have to be. I'm not one, and I'm not. I don't have a particular like a skill. Like I, I just bullshit. Like, Hey, Amy, do you remember, uh, and I'm going to give some uh, behind-the-scenes info here on this. Do you remember when uh, your friend reached out to you um, and mentioned that he wanted to start a podcast? And do you remember... Do you remember how that started? Do you remember how that yeah. went? So for those, God, that was a long ass night. It, it, it was, yeah. So I, uh, I messaged Amy because I knew that she was in radio. And by the way, um, this woman is an award-winning radio producer. So let me just point that out. Um, I, I do not have anywhere near the talent, the experience, or the chops to be sitting across the table from her. Oh, and that's stop something it! That you guys no, no, need no, to no, know. no, no, no. Uh, but, but I, so I, I message Amy online and I say, hey, I'm gonna start a podcast, and I'd really love your opinion on some of this. Can we talk? And you're like, oh, let me buy you dinner. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> shit, absolutely. Well, because so, I get excited when someone actually thinks I know what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. No, and, no one thinks I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, I do know what I'm doing. It's just... And my favorite thing about this whole thing, and I'll, never, <laughs> and I'll tell this story till the day that I die, is that we go out and we're sitting down and we're just shooting the shit. And then finally she decides to get down to business. And she's like, so what is it that you need to know from me? Like, what can I tell you about this? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. No, I want you. I want your personality. I want, your, I want you on this with me. You and the, soul. And the, oh, really? Like, that's just the shot. So, so you're... Um, <laughs> That's exactly why I'm saying I don't, I'm not an expert in anything. I have opinions. I don't know if they're any good. Well. <laughs> but like, I thought you wanted to, <laughs> the joke I made with you was mm -hmm. that I just figured you wanted to use my equipment. That's what everybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I, I actually want you on the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was like... Uh, that's that's the that's the thing that I love about the internet is you don't even have to know what you're talking about. You just have to convince people that you do. Like you don't actually have to know a goddamn thing. I, okay, so uh, my significant other and I, she fought. We talked about this person the other day that she's been following, and this young lady literally just has been sharing her fitness and health uh, journey. Yeah. Used to live in Hawaii and then uh, found out she was allergic to mold, so she had to move back to the United States because there's a high mold presence in Hawaii, um, which yeah. dashed my dreams of ever living there because my body also doesn't respond well to that. Um, but she, she she makes her living by, by offering people this accelerated, she calls her videos um, something alignment. Um, 
I can't remember exactly what it is now, which is probably for the best. Uh, but she, so she offers these like alignment courses and it's all about manifesting and positive mm -hmm. thinking and stuff. Sure. And she charges people 3000 to $3,500 <laughs> for these one-on-one -on -one sessions and she sells them out to like, and she's never gone to school for any of this bullshit. She just lives it, posted videos of people who are like, I want a life like yours and you're really fucking cute. Let me sit in a room with you so you can tell me how to live my life. And they do it. Oh, that's too funny. I'll sit there and do that. Like, yeah. exactly. I'll do that. And all she's doing is regurgitating <laughs> what she's learned about, like, self-actualization yeah, yeah, and personal yeah, like, raw alignment. That's what it's called, raw alignment. Um, and, and about her life and how she lives her life and how she's finding joy in her life and the, the missteps that she's made and just mm -hmm. gives you an idea. And we're all so fucking busy. Yeah. I work 50 to 60 hours a week. I don't have time to explore self-guided meditation. Yeah. But if I can pay somebody some money from my 60 hour work week to teach me a snapshot of how to do that for 15 minutes and it can improve the quality of my life. Like I get why people do that. Right. You don't right. have to be an expert in shit. Oh, uh, well, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to say something wrong or. Yes, you do. Why not? Say something wrong. Yeah, because I'm a perfectionist and I have issues. Uh, okay. <laughs> I accept that. But, but the only way you'll ever improve or learn more about it <laughs> is if you fuck it up. Well, I'm aware of that. I I'm know just, you are. Uh, it doesn't come completely naturally to me. I'm terrified of it. I used to be the exact same way, and I can't remember who said it. It might have been Gary Vee uh, said, never let perfect be the enemy of good. Oh, yeah. no, And it, that it has... not perfection. Exactly. Honey, I've been in therapy. I, I get it. <laughs> it doesn't mean... Yeah, I know that you know, but that's, that's... I'm saying that's the only thing that's allowed me to do anything. I, well, and, and honestly, that's kind of like I started doing those stupid videos that yeah. I started doing. Oh my god, I feel so silly. I'm absolutely linking those now that you mentioned them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I started doing these stupid videos where I, I got these things called Misfits, Misfits Market. It's mm -hmm. these, these boxes of vegetables. And it's like ugly vegetables. Ugly right? vegetables that are misshapen that won't show up in a store, but they're completely edible and fine. Mm -hmm. And I started getting them, and they're so fun. I just enjoy them a lot. And I started doing these live unboxings of them, mm -hmm. where like I open it up, and I'm, I hope to God I know what it is. Is <laughs> like I I think this is celery root, but it could also be a weird turnip, and I don't know. I don't know. Do you hashtag them? Um, oh yeah, and they have commented on my on my. Have they? Oh, that's videos. so much fun! I get super excited. I'm like, oh my god, this is Mark. They they commented on my on my videos. Yeah. And now I started to do that, where I'm like, I'm going to unbox these vegetables and... So and how often do you get the boxes? Every two weeks. And how often do you do the videos? Um, every two weeks. Okay. I've, got, I've got one coming on Tuesday. Excellent. So, I, can, I mean, I have no idea when I'm posting this because I'm about to be the biggest hypocrite in the world, but consistency is key with online content. Yeah. People want to know when they can expect to get the next hit of Amy, right? <laughs> the next hit. The next hit of Amy. And then... Um, just fuck around. It's going to happen. It's like, fun. I do. I with do the right it. hashtags, like at some point, it's just going to take the right person to tell the right people. You know what I mean? And it can happen to anybody. Right. And those, that's why with Magnificent Whiskers at some point here, I'm hoping to start doing some unboxings because we can become an affiliate with like Loot Crate. Yeah. Um, and then I, I figured it'd be just a blast for myself. And then whichever one of the two of you that right. I can get at the time to unbox one of these with me and we can just have fun and like laugh about the stuff. And like, we're all a bunch of cute motherfuckers and that's all it takes the right hashtags and the right video and that's it um, yeah. I mean so yeah I'm, I'm doing those and, and people seem to like them now they want to know what I do with the stuff like it, like once I figure out what it is oh they want you to make cooking videos they want me to make cooking videos and yes like, I'm, like, I'm like hesitant 
But like at the same time, <laughs> make it, make it, and do it. I've always wanted to be a cooking show person. Why not? I used to do that all the time. The next Julia Child. Oh, I, oh. <laughs> Please make the voice. I can't. Do, do, your, do your best Julia Child impression. I can't. Oh, Emma the Elf in the Kitchen. That'd be Just ridiculous. do the same thing, but, but make it dirty. Be Julia Adult. <laughs> Already cooking with Julia Adult. Oh my god, just an apron. That's Julia Adult. Just an apron. No, oh my god. That's hilarious. Or even better, just apron pasties. Just an apron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my burlesque show just got an idea. <laughs> Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I, and I have to tell you, I actually recently stumbled into TikTok. Oh, yeah. My kids were on it because a lot of people thought it was like a kid's app or whatever. So uh, it's yeah. very much not. Uh, I stumbled into it and I started checking the videos out and uh, it is a freaking blast. Um, I did want to circle back and uh, tell because I remember I haven't, I didn't actually tell you this part of the story. Um, Feral Rescue was like a... Uh, no, no, the teeth. Punk, punk pop band, right? And they gained some traction, but it wasn't going where they wanted it to go. It wasn't the music that they particularly liked anymore. And so they decided, I, I came into work one day and they said, hey, because uh, I was working with the bassist at that time at Hot Topic, and he said, hey, we're done. And it just broke my heart. Because I, I had a group of friends, we went out to every show, we knew every song, every word to every song, we had all their merchandise. They had self-pressed a CD, and I sold like... 200 of them in two days wow. i like i was their guy <laughs> and then uh, they quit the they, they ended the band and then a couple days later he's like hey i got something for you to listen to and it was a soundbite of their new project the teeth so everybody everybody doing exactly the same stuff just a brand new different kind of music if you've ever heard of like every time i die or uh, some of the more uh hard much, much harder music mm -hmm. lots of screaming lots of like very very different genre and uh, so they did that for a couple of years and gained way more notoriety in yeah. like two or three years than they had in 10 years as Feral Rescue. Right. But that, by that time, they were all between 30 and 35 and one of them had like four kids and, um, and now like the singer runs a deli in New Jersey. <laughs> That's just, I mean, there's something for the UBI is the idea that like it would be great to be able to pursue art at some point oh, how, you know how how far into my 30s do i want to get and not really you know saving anything for the future yeah I, oh, i'd like to retire so in my late 50s not my early 70s right exactly so, I, would, I would pay for sewing classes yeah and i would learn to make shit and like and oh, you're the person that they want to develop this for oh, so. i would want to do that so if i could if i could not have to work a 40-hour work week. Oh, my gosh, right? Oh, my God. And if I just did the radio station or whatever, oh, my God. The things I would learn how to do. Yeah. <laughs> travel the world and make easy yeah. money trading math skills for money. Yeah. You, you want me to really fuck you up real quick? There are people who are legitimately traveling the world, and that's their job because of the internet. Creating content. I, we've talked about doing a vlog. I'm aware. We've talked about and doing a vlog. Ben, you're vlog. ridiculously entertaining. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, like, I'm not kissing your ass here. I'm not trying to give you a blowjob on this. Like, I am telling you, like, people, and you're going to, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to message you every time I hear something about this episode. <laughs> we have about five listeners, and all five of them, I'm confident, are going to say something about it. But, like, <laughs> you are ridiculously entertaining to listen to speak to listen to your comedy to watch you do Shakespeare it doesn't matter like you have a captivating personality which is why you're such a great teacher teaching is never going to pay you right to the level that you deserve well, I appreciate that so you're 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 putting in your dues and your um you know your your uh kind of 
building value was the phrase I was looking for there. Um, but like you doing some kind of vlog would absolutely like just if you have a goal in mind of something that you want to do and you want to be or whatever, just be filming your journey. That, that's it. I could talk about weird vegetables in different countries, Ben. You could. <gasps> and imagine how weird they get in different countries. Oh, no, no durian ever. No durian. La, 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 la. Hot garbage juice. It's not good. No dur. No dur. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, amazing. Well, I, with the sound of the vacuum and uh, what's been going on in the background, um, unfortunately, now we've droned on long enough, and so we're going to bring this to a close. But I just wanted to thank you guys both for your time, especially you, Ben. I hope that you're willing to do this again with us sometime. Oh, heck yes. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so I love you guys. Love you too. And thank you. Yay, bye. Till next time.